So uh, can I just say, I love you guys. Like, I, I love our church. I love what we have. I love doing this every Sunday with you guys. Um, am I feeling the love here? Like, is, is that reciprocated? <laughs> I'm putting myself out there, right? Here. Um, I, I love this. I, I love, um, if, if, you're, if you call Colorado Life Church your home church, there's a really good chance that on any given week that you've been prayed for by name. That, that we've prayed for you, um, that y- your name's come up in, in conversation, we've thought of you. Um, and if, if Colorado Life Church isn't your home church, there's a chance that we've prayed for you by name as well because we're about the person who's not here yet. Uh, we want to be that kind of church. Um, in some senses, we built this church from the ground up with the person who's not yet here in mind. And so um, I just wanted to say, start by, by saying that this morning. I love you guys. I love this. I love what we get to do. I love what's to come. So after that mush fest, um, <laughs> <laughs> now that's that's done. Um, let me tell you where we're going to go today um, with this this series. We started a series called Now God a, a couple weeks ago, um, and and we started by looking at the character of Daniel in the Bible. Um, and in this, in the beginning of the book of Daniel, Daniel's facing a dilemma. Um, his nation has just been kidnapped. Uh, maybe you remember, if you were here two weeks ago, you remember the Babylonians came over, came and took over the Israelites, and um, and they kidnapped, like basically one nation kidnapped another. He got, and all the people in Israel got taken into exile. They got taken away from. It'd be like if somebody took over Colorado, if Wyoming took over Colorado. And they took all, I know, it's so hard, or Canada or something like that, something crazy like that, like when it took us all back and took us all away. That's what happened. And it became clear that the Babylonians, in, Dan, in Daniel's story, it became clear that the Babylonians were trying to wipe his hard drive. They are trying to reboot him and make him Babylonian um, and, and strip away his culture, his customs, his laws. Um, and Dan, see, Daniel was, was a Hebrew. He was an Israelite. Um, he was part of a nation that God had chosen. Um, we find that in the Old Testament that God, Yahweh, chose this nation the, of, of the Hebrews and made them the Israelites. And he made them his own nation. Hey, I will be your God and, and you'll be my people. I will be your delight. I will be um, your, your God. And, um, and he gave them laws and customs and festivals and practices and all of these things. Um, in order to set them apart. Remember we talked about this, if you were here a couple weeks ago? Um, the idea of being holy or set apart or to make something sacred was a, an important part of what we're talking about with this series. And, and God gave them all these laws and customs and traditions and festivals at, for a way to, 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 to do two things. One, to protect them. The laws, you can read some of the laws and you can see God trying to protect them through those laws. But then you can also see through, like, some of these things that you read, and you're like, why, why would he do that? Why would he ask them not to mix their threads when they make clothing? Like, why, why not working on Saturday? Why circumcision? Why not certain foods? And it's like, it doesn't make sense to us, but it made sense to them because it was God's way of saying, I want you to be different. I want you to be set apart. I want you to be holy. And, and all of that was threatened with Daniel. Daniel was in, a, in a, a situation we find very quickly in the first couple of verses of the book of Daniel. We find that the, the, that, that might, is all, might all go away. And Daniel makes this decision. He decides, hey, I'm, uh, he resolves. Remember that word resolve? 
Daniel resolved to do something. And what did he do? He decided not to eat meat from the king's table. He got a chance that he was in the king's, he got close to the king, he got into this group of elite people who were going to be trained by the king and got access to the king. It was a really cool opportunity. They fed him food off the king's table, and he decided that was a line that he was not going to cross. It wasn't kosher. It wasn't, you know, there was probably pork there. There was probably food that was forbidden for Jews to eat. And for some reason, we see Daniel drawing the line saying, I will not defile myself by eating these foods, which is interesting because we talked about this last time. He was already defiled. The, the temple's gone. The sacrifices are gone. All of those things that, that made him holy, that made him a, a Jewish man who is set apart for God, most of that had been wiped away. So why did he do it? And he did it for, for one reason, and one, I, think, I, I, I have a theory that he did it because he could feel the sacred slipping away in his life. And he knew that if it kept slipping away, that that was a path that led away from faith. And he would just be another Babylonian. Yes, he's got some Jewish history, but he's pretty much Babylonian through and through. And, and Yahweh, God, the Lord, Elohim, is not a part of his life anymore. And the reality is, is you and I face the same type of slipping. We, the sacred, if we're not careful, will slip away from our lives. Am I, have you felt that before? Uh, if, you're, if you're a person of faith, faith, life has just a way of kind of slipping our faith out from underneath us sometimes. Um, have you, I mean, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt um, uh, like a connection to God that was strong, that just kind of wanes over time? It's like I had that feeling, I had that experience at a church where I could feel God's presence or at this place or in nature, and I, I, I could see it, and then you watch that kind of slip away over time. I get this a lot as a, as a pastor. I get a lot of times people say, oh, I just I need to get back into church. And I feel like that's people's way of saying, I want sacred in my life, but it's kind of slipped away. Like I used to go to church when I was a kid, or now I have kids, and I want them to experience the sacred. I want them to have that experience. I want them to have that choice. So I'm going to give it to them, but, you know, it's, it's been slipping away from me. That's that dynamic at work. See, sacred has a tendency to slip um, here's the thing, is, is it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to, like, like, we can, what's great about this is we learn from characters like David that there's something we can do about that when we feel the sacred slipping from us. We can resolve to do something. We can set aside something. We can make something sacred and what we learn from Daniel, and this is so cool, is you know, we, we found this interplay, but like Daniel resolved to do something, and then the very next verse is, now God. Now God. And the now God principle, what we've looked at through, through this series, is, is the now God principle is this, that God will inhabit any space that you give him. I, I want you to hear this so badly. Do you know 
that God will, will, will inhabit any activity that you say, I am going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for him. He will inhabit that. He will utilize. He will fill. Like any, if, you, if you decide to set time aside every day in prayer and diligently seek him, he will fill that. You, you resolve to, to kick a habit, to, to do something you know that's destroying your life, and to bring and do it wisely, bring other people into it, and do it with all your heart, and do it, it do it with Him in mind. Like Lord, I want, I want give me, please, Lord, give me the strength, give me the wisdom. Do you know that God answers those prayers? Anything that we give Him, He will. Any activity, any sacrifice, He will utilize. He will step into it. And and it, it's like it, we said it this way. All we need to do, honestly, is give Him something to work with. That that's that's it. Do you realize, like, I, I'm so excited by this series that I've been really, really enjoying it this week, just thinking about you guys, praying for you guys, and, and realizing and, and getting a chance to get up here and say, do you realize you're a lot closer than you think? Like, like do you realize, like, if you've struggled with faith, if you wrestled with faith, do you, do you realize that, that, like, through the story of Daniel, we learned that you might be one decision away, one action that, that, that takes resolve away from, uh, from a defining moment with your creator. That's the story of Daniel. This is really, really good news for all of us. No matter, what, no matter like, like maybe, you're, maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, but like when you think about your faith, there was a passion and a zeal that you had decades ago that is no longer there. Like, do you realize, like, you might, you might be one decision away, one set of, of decisions away, one resolution away from making that, that, that passion come back, from allowing yourself to, to like, the, the, giving, giving God the space in your life to work. Because here's the deal. He will inhabit. I believe this with every fiber of my being. If you give him space, he will take it. He will occupy it, and you will see him do something in it, through it. If you commit to pray, I was thinking about this week, if you commit to pray every morning for 15 minutes, not just pray, but pray, walk through your day, walk through your schedule. Today, Lord, I am going to this meeting, and she'll be there, and I can't stand her. Or I, I've got this, and I'm going to come home, and I'm going to feel like I'm not a great mom because of this and that. And you, you give all of those things to the Lord in prayer for 15 minutes. If you did that, I, I, I dare you. If you do this for, for two weeks and you put your heart into it, watch God walk through you in your day. If you resolve to give 10% of, of your next five paychecks to the Lord or to people in need, and, you know, to do it, you do it as, a, as an act of service to God and to others. Just watch what God does in your heart towards money. If you resolve, if you decide to walk away from a bad relationship or a group of friends that you know, like, this, these, this isn't where I should be. And even, even especially if you don't know what the end outcome is going to be, like, what, but what if I don't find another guy or girl? What if I don't find another group of friends? You just hand that to the Lord. Watch him fill that with good people. 
if you have a hard time with the whole work and family balance in life, commit to Sabbathing. Say, you know what, there's one day a week, it's this day that I am not going to work. And, and guess what? Watch God get things done without you. It's amazing. You actually don't need, the, the universe doesn't need you. <laughs> Turns out. Watch what you learn about yourself and about God. If you commit to coming to church every Sunday, or every Sunday that you can, watch God fill your life with peace and love and joy on that, that day, and, and watch it overflow into Monday and Tuesday as you have that rhythm in your life. Resolve, if, if you resolve to tell people the secrets in your heart, stuff that nobody knows or maybe not enough people know, Watch him just shed light in your heart. Watch him just take, watch him take weight off your shoulders. Because here's the deal. This is the now God thing. This is the now God principle. Anytime you and I commit or resolve or decide to do something in his name, to give him a space. Remember the, the analogy we talked about a couple weeks ago? It's like, senti- it's like sitting a big rock in a small stream. You know, like, the, and the water pushes up against the rock and flows around it, and behind that rock is this pocket, is this eddy. And it's, what you're doing is you're creating space for God to work in your life. You're giving God something to work with, which I know is such a funny stays, it's thing to say, because what, we believe he's the God of the universe, we believe he's, like, all-powerful and stuff, but he's also a gentleman, and he's not going to force his will upon us. He wants us to invite him in. And when we do, he's like, game on. See, I'm so passionate about this. I believe this with every fiber in my being because of stories like Daniel, but not just because of stories like Daniel, but because when you open up the Bible, it is riddled with stories like this, riddled with occasions where people gave, you know, like they, they gave God something to work with, and boom, he worked with it. In fact, the hardest thing about this sermon this week was trying to choose a passage to talk about because there were so many different options. So I wanted to talk about all of them. So today, we're going to talk about all of them, literally, as, or as many as I possibly can in the time that I have. I'm probably going to be running miles this week, you know, because I go, I'm going to go over because, like, listen, there's so Many, and here's the reason why I decided to, I, I usually try to focus on one verse, and that's very much on purpose, it's so like you don't get overwhelmed, today you're going to get overwhelmed. <laughs> you're going to be like, I'm sorry, wait, there was that guy and that girl and that lady, and then there was, the, like you're not going to know where to find them in the Bible, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to figure that out. But here's the reason why I wanted to go this direction with this, with this sermon, is because what we're going to find today is there's so much variety there's so many ways that you can create space in your life. I mean, even in the Bible alone, you see so many people as they're facing dilemmas, they, do, they resolve to do something, and God gets involved, and there's people that, that, that have left their homes. There's, there's, there's people that had to go back to their homes. There's people that, that refrained from eating, like Daniel. And then there's people that, that decided to eat, and that was a thing they did for God. There's, there's, there's somebody who doesn't take revenge on someone that they could take revenge on. And then the next verse is somebody going to war and being courageous enough to go to war 
Uh, There's people who build things. There's people who tear things down. There's so much variety that as as we're going through some of these stories, as as we're talking through some of them, the purpose is I want you to see how many ways you can do this in hopes that by the end of today you'd be like, I can do that. Or it's not that. I don't want to do that. I want to do this because that's my, we're going to talk about their story. What's yours? We're going to talk about ways that, 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 with the dilemmas that the people in the scriptures were facing, they resolved to do something and God gets involved. That's their story. What's yours? That's what I want you to be thinking about. And, and sometimes it, it helps, right? We talk with a friend and, you know, like, hey, how do you handle this? And they're like, well, I did this. And maybe you don't go do the same thing, but it jogs your, you're like, gets you thinking. And then you're like, I, oh, I know what I'll do. That's my hope for you today. Is you're like, I know, I, you know, with what I'm facing right now, I am going to resolve to do this. And then you go and you do it. And you create space for God to work. Pretty simple, right? You want to dive in? Be thinking about what's yours. I could tell you about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which is like the you know, next chapter after we, where we left Daniel last time. And they're, they're in this really bad spot where they're only supposed to bow down to, to Nebuchadnezzar's idol. They don't, and so they get thrown into the fiery furnace. And, and before they get thrown in the fire furnace, remember this? If you grew up in, 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 uh, in preschool, this was a popular one. Um, remember before they get thrown in the furnace, they have this famous saying. They're like, Nebuchadnezzar, you know what? They, he gives them one more chance. He's like, bow down. They're like, no, we can't do that. Because, and we don't need to do that. And if you throw us in the fire furnace, God will, God will, he'll save us. But even if he doesn't, you need to know, we resolved not to do this. And we'll put our lives on the line, and it gives this chance for God to show up and save them from the fire furnace, and there's like the fourth person, is, there's three of them in there, and there's a fourth person, that one that looks like, like an angel, or you know, the, the, like, like fire, or something like the fire and fire, it's like cra- this crazy story, they come out, and Nebuchadnezzar's like, whoa, you know, like, they don't even smell like smoke, and they get this cool story, you know, like, be, why? Because they resolved, like, no, this is our thing, we're not going to do that, and God came through. I could tell you about Daniel, a couple chapters later, he had a similar experience with Daniel in the lion's den. And God shuts the mouths of, of the lions. And in each of these cases, people who didn't believe in their God before that, they're like, they saw it. They're like, oh my gosh, they didn't die. Like they saw this miraculous sign. And then they write letters, like these kings write letters like, hey, everybody needs to know that their God is actually the real God. <laughs> All because they chose, they gave God space to work. You see it? I could tell you about Abraham, who in, in a lot of regards for, for our faith, for the Jewish faith, for, for the Muslim faith, he's the father of faith. He's this huge figure. You know what he did? He just moved out. His faith story just started with God saying, I want you to go here. Why? I'm not telling you. Okay. <laughs> and then he goes, and he just goes to this place unknown. And it takes years and there's all sorts of strife, and there's struggle, and there's all this, you know, but he keeps going. And, and the Bible talks about it thousands of years later, that, that Abraham, what Abraham did, that little act of faith, he believed God. Just the fact that he believed God, that God, I, I'm going to go over there because I believe you have good, good things for me. I believe that. And because of that, it was credited to him as righteousness. 
and he made this great nation. Abraham didn't know any of that. And it started with him resolving to move, to move out, to leave what he knew for something he didn't, for something, to leave something he could see for something he could not see. That's the type of faith. We learn through that that's the type of faith that God desires. We talk about Moses, right? Moses has this great sordid, if you don't know much about Moses, like, you, like, Moses, like if, if, you, if you grew up in Sunday school, you might have a high regard of Moses. Do you realize that for the first 80 years of his life, 80 years of his life, he was, he was a nothing. He was a, he was a wash-up. He was a murderer. He was a, he was a fugitive. And God says, I want you, Moses. And he just doubted himself. He doubted himself. He doubted himself, but he moved forward. If, you ever, if, you ever, if you're a person that feels like you doubt yourself, you need to be familiar with the story of Moses because God does not, listen to me, God does not neglect, he does not, he, he does not disqualify people who doubt themselves. And Moses was able to come up with enough resolve, enough pluck to go talk to Pharaoh and say, let God's people go. He got to part the Red Sea. He got to see all these amazing things. Why? Because he went home. <laughs> Moses, I want you to go home. I want you to face what that means. I can tell you about Nehemiah, who had this daily access to the most powerful man at the time. He was the, the what was the word? The wine something or other? The cupbearer, thank you, for the king. Uh, I think King Xerxes at the time. And he was... He, he had this access, and, and one day he felt compelled. He's like, God is asking me to go ask for permission for his people, like Moses, for, for all of the Hebrews. They were in exile. They were in, they were in slavery again. And he's like, uh, can we leave? we got to go worship our God. And he, he got the, the, the gumption to do it, and then he went and he built the walls around Jerusalem. We got to see Jerusalem begin to be restored again. It took gumption. It took courage, right? It took this resolve to do something difficult. I can tell you about Joseph. Oh, man, he, this is a guy who did lots, uh, uh, he did lots of, of things for God. He had a lot of resolve. He, he had resolve not to lose heart. I mean, that was a real option. Like, he, he, like do, you, do you realize, like, like, honestly, you might resolve at, with what you're facing in your life right now. Like, Lord, my resolve right now is to not lose heart. It's just not to give up. It's to not quit. That's what Joseph's story is. It's a story of not quitting. It's a, a resolve to not lose his morals, right? To not give in to what he knew was wrong. It's a, a story about taking, not to take revenge. The people who send him into slavery, right? His brothers, he gets a chance to bring revenge on them in the future, and he doesn't. And because of that, what does God do? He makes the 12 nations of Israel, the 12 tribes of, of Israel, all because Joseph had, had restraint. He had the resolve to be like, I, you probably would kill me, but I am not going to kill you. You see how these big things come from small offers, small things? You can talk about Hannah. I almost, I almost, I almost just did Hannah, like, like the, the, the whole story of Hannah today, because Hannah couldn't have kids, and in the ancient world, that was like such, it's hard, it, it's impossible to explain the turmoil that meant. I mean, maybe you face that, maybe you face infertility, and that's, it's difficult, right? 
in Hannah's world, that was like her identity was wrapped up. Like it, was, it was easy for a woman to wrap her identity in that. She was ridiculed because she couldn't have kids. She kept calling for the Lord, kept going for the Lord, kept going for the Lord. Finally, the Lord says, you, you know, like, you're going to have a child. And she believes it. She's like, sweet, can I go? Like, and she just starts going home and, and making a second bedroom <laughs> for the, you know, making a baby room. And a year later, she comes back to the temple with Samuel in hand and saying, here he is, and gives her child back to the Lord. He's going to grow up in the temple, and Samuel would go on to, to, to anoint the first king of Israel, Saul, and the best king of Israel, David, years later. All because Hannah continued to pray. All because Hannah was willing to give up that which, she, which, was most, that which, which was most valuable to her. She's like, no, 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 I set that aside. I make that sacred to you, God. Isn't that cool? Isn't that inspiring? You can do this. What is it for you? That was what it was for Hannah. What's it for you? What do you need to resolve to do right now? What can you do right now to get, what can you give to the Lord that's precious to you? What can you do? I could tell you about Gideon. See, Gideon's a great example of somebody who is growing in resolve. If you don't feel like a person that has a lot of courage, you need to read Gideon because it's laughable. Like the, like the Lord comes to him, hey, mighty warrior. He's like, well, I'm not a mighty warrior. You know, like, like this is horrible. You know, how can you, where are you, God? All this stuff. And God sticks with them. And then, you know, like, like maybe for some of you right now, the resolve is to, put, to pull a Gideon and put a fleece out. Gideon does this thing once. He's like, God, I think you, you're, like, you're telling me you're, I'm supposed to go to war. If you're really real, I'm going to put this, this sheepskin out. And if it's wet in the morning and everything else is dry around it, or vice versa, I can't remember. It's so tedious. It's so dumb. It's like, it, like if then I know I'm supposed to follow you. So God does it. Okay, okay, okay. And, and Gideon's like, okay, 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 pause, pause. Okay, if it's really you, tomorrow that fleece will be dry and everything will be wet around. I mean, just like, where did he even get this stuff? You know, but like now we have this phrase, like putting a fleece out before the Lord. Some of you need to put a fleece out before the Lord. Some of you need to put something out there to test and see that the Lord is good. Some of you need to, like, in, in, be careful. Testing the Lord, you can get in trouble doing that. But I think the Lord, I, I, I believe this. I believe that God will inhabit anything you give him if you do it with your heart. If you say, Lord, I don't have much faith. Would you help me have more faith? Would you show yourself just in this little way? See what he does. See, if he answers that prayer, I could tell you about David. Oh, I could tell you about David all day long, of the ways that he trusted God, the resolve that he had. The, most, the one that stands out to me the most about David's story is his resolve not to kill the man who was trying to kill him. Multiple times. There was so much weighing on this, like literally to the point where he, he had a chance to kill him. He had him dead to rights. Really funny story. You should read it. Involved poop. Um, it, it's hilarious, and he, he doesn't do it. He, 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 he shows restraints. He has resolved not to kill Saul because Saul was God's anointed king. He's like, I'm not going to lay a hand on him, which means he's laying his cards down and saying, since I'm not going to lay a hand on him, 
And he tells Saul this. He's like, Saul, basically, I'm not going to kill. You're going to try to keep killing me. I want you to know. This is so ballsy. I want you to know I'm not going to kill you because I fear God. And it, it was because of stories like that and others that David gets this next level type of faith that if you're familiar with the Bible, if you've read, the, he wrote half the Psalms. He has this connection with God that is unparalleled, even through sin, even through hardship, even through danger, ups and downs of life. We see a man that's just continually committed to creating space, creating eddies, right? Putting rocks in the middle of the stream as the world's going by. He's like, no, this is sacred. This is holy. What is it for you? What's it for you? Right now, this week, what is it for you? talked about Samson. <laughs> big muscles, small faith. Really not big faith. Like, like, like seriously, again, if you've, if you're like, if you don't believe, like, if you don't see yourself as a person of faith, you need to read stories like Samson. Because he, he struggled, he had to face his demons his whole life, and then right at the end, as he's about to be destroyed, like, as, as he's about to be killed, he's been tortured, he, 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 calls on the Lord. He's like, Lord, give me strength. And you, you, Do you remember this story from, from Sunday school? He pushes down these pillars that end up being like the main supporting beams for this big coliseum type place. And all of the Philistines are crushed by, you know, like the, the, these people who are, are the enemies of God and Israel that, that he's been called to fight against. And his last cry, he's able to do something great. Do you know that, could, that's, that's our, that can be our story? God, God does that story all the time. Like you, even if you feel like you've wrestled with God your whole life, there's stories like Samson that say, like, even if you continue to wrestle, you might come at the end to him. Isn't that cool? You can create any, you know why? Because God inhabits any space that we create for him. Even if it's the death cry, the last cry of our hearts in the end tell you about Josiah. This is a good one. This is one maybe you ha aren't familiar with. Josiah was a king that was a good king in a string of really bad kings. Israel was really far gone. Like, yes, they believed in Yahweh. Yes, they called themselves Israelites and God's people, but they also called themselves Asherah people and Baal people and all of these different, they just basically like took all of these gods and said, well, we'll, we'll pray to this God just in case that, you know, like in case you need it to rain and we'll pray to this God, like they're trying to cover their bases. And, and that's like, that's like rule number one is like one God. Like that's, this is, you know, it's you and me. I'm going to be your God. You're one God and you're going to be my people. And by the way, those aren't real gods anyway. So don't pray to them. But he, so Israel had set up all of these altars and these poles and these um, shrines and Josiah in a very bold move resolved to tear them all down throughout Israel. Could have gotten killed. And the Lord looked on him with favor because of that courageous move. What do you need to tear down? What do you need to cut out? What do you need to get rid of? Sometimes that's what it means to create a sacred space is, Lord, no, I've let this be a part of my life for too long. I want it gone. What kind of resolve do you need to have to take care, to get rid to pull a Josiah and get rid of those. I could talk about in the New Testament, just a couple from the New Testament, Simeon and Anna, 
maybe another two people you haven't heard about who right as Jesus was born and he's being, like right after he was born, they bring him to the temple to be dedicated and to bring sacrifices for, that's, that was the, the custom for the Jewish people to do these sacrifices and to have him circumcised and all of these different things. And they show up with this tiny little baby. And like, I don't think that Mary and Joseph thought it was going to be this big scene, but it was because there was two holy people there, Simeon and Anna. And Simeon was there. He just, he was one of those people, he's like, if the temple's open, I'm going to be there. Like, what are the hours again? Okay, I'll be there 10 minutes early. And he just was at the temple all the time. And the Lord had revealed to him that he would see the Messiah, that he would see the anointed one of Israel. And the day that uh, Mary and Joseph walked through the gates of the temple, Simeon saw them, and he's like, there he is. He's like, he literally says, now I can die because I've seen the Lord. He in diligence and persistence created space day after day after day. And we read about him now. We know his name. He's in the Bible. He made the cut (laughs) just because he prayed a bunch, just because he wanted to be in God's house. And as a result, he didn't get to see Jesus in his full glory. He was was an old timer by the time Jesus was a babe. He's like, this is, that's all I need. I saw a baby today. That was him. He created space. Anna, the same, she, she comes up. Like, like, these people keep coming up, and like, they're like, how do you know? Like, this is just our baby. <laughs> this is, we know he's special, but how do you know he's special? Because the Lord was at work in their hearts. The Lord, can, can you imagine having a relationship where the Lord is that present in your life, where you know all, that that's, that's something of the Lord? That's what that resolve, that's what that resolve of of just being in his presence and praying will give us. It's available to us because God will inhabit any space we give him. I could talk about Peter, (laughs) one of my favorite, actually this is like my favorite verse in the Bible. It's out of Acts, I forget the exact call numbers, but it's like, it says, Peter, get up, kill, and eat. I'm like, Lord, can I have that? command sometimes? I love like going out there and hunting things and like it's like the, the, the hunter's prayer, the hunter's command. Peter was a good Jew. You know, like, like, like Daniel, he, you know, he was, he was kosher. He was, I don't eat these things. And he has this vision, this dream. He's like, I want you to go to this man's house. His name's Cornelius. He's not a Jew. He's a Gentile. He's outside of your faith. He's like, he's someone that you, and see, we don't understand that this is religious implications, but also some racial ones as well. Like, like, this is a place that I don't normally go, Lord. And he's, he's this vision. I want you to get up and kill and eat these things that you've been told not to eat. Because, and, and, and Peter's like, I don't know. I, Lord, I can't do that. And three times he fights with God. No, I can't do that. And finally he gives in. And he's able, he goes to a place where he's not normally, he's not normally welcome. To even go into the house would be to become unclean. He does something really, really uncomfortable. Where do you need to go? Whose house do you need to go to? Who do you need to spend time with that might hurt your, 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 your social status, that's going to challenge you, that's, gonna, that's going to, like, you don't, you're not comfortable with that? Where do you need to go? What if, what if you did that? What, what might God, could that be a sacred space? Where do you need to travel? Have you, when's the last time you saw poverty? Because um, I, 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 I've done this with people. 
I, I've watched God work in such incredible ways outside this country. Because it just blows our mind. Like we go there and we see things differently. And God's like, I can use that. I can use the fact that you're uncomfortable. I can use the fact that you don't like these, this food. I can use the fact that you don't like the, what you see right now, that this is starting to break your heart. Where do you need to go? And what might that be? A sacred place. I could go on and on. I could talk about Paul and Philemon and Noah and Elijah and Abel. Literally, it could go on for hours, but I won't because you get the point. You see the variety? You see how there's so many ways you can do this? It's kind of like a Golden Corral buffet line. Is that a buffet place, right? The Golden Corral? I don't think I've ever been to one. But like, like imagine, this is what I'm trying to get at here. What I'm trying to... What, what I was trying to line out is like all of these different options from one end of the stage to the other of ways that you can engage with God, ways that you can create sacred space, set yourself apart, set apart a time, set apart your money, set apart and act like say, no, I'm going to resolve to do this. For Abraham, he had to leave home. For Moses, he had to go home. For Daniel, he decided not to eat. For Peter, he decided to eat and to be with people that were different than him. For Joseph, he resolved not to take revenge. For Gideon, he found the courage to go to war. For Nehemiah, who built walls, Josiah tore down idols. What's, that was their story. What's yours? What's it for you? For them, it was something big sometimes. It meant like this big, courageous act or these decisions, lifelong years of decisions of going to the temple and, and, and praying to the Lord. Big, small, doesn't matter, is, is, but as long as it's always wholehearted and never token, God will use it. What would it look like for you to give something to God, give him something to work with? right now and here, here's another question have you ever really done that before like, like regardless if you've grown up in church or you you're, you're a christian or like like no matter how you would label your faith how have you ever done this before have you ever resolved to give him something to work with have you ever made something sacred have you ever set yourself apart and if you haven't maybe like you need to give this type of faith a shot because here's what faith isn't it's not wearing a cross it's not praying before a meal it's not listening to Caleb it's not voting a certain way it's not being born in a certain household or even saying you're a Christian or church attendance it's not even standing it's not it's not standing up for what you believe in, letting people know, like that's not, I mean, all of these things can be a portion of, an, a, 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 an expression of your faith. But what we learn through these guys is that true faith is a relentless circling back and stepping out of like, Lord, I don't know the end of this. I don't even know if you'll show up, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to create space and for Daniel praying three times a day that became his thing and it almost got him killed at one point in time but it also led him to this incredible story that was his thing what is yours
And what your thing might be, it might be different than anybody else's. And if you don't have a thing, if you're like, man, I don't know if I've ever expressed my faith that way. Not that your faith isn't meaningful, not that like, nothing like that, but you've never, ever stepped out like this. Maybe it's time. What's your thing? What's holy? What's set apart? What, what brings you life in a unique way? If you don't have one, start one. Let's make one. Let's do it together. Tell me what it is. Tell somebody here what it is and say, you know what, I think, honestly, that's what you need to do. You need to tell somebody. Be like, or, or maybe like as a couple, maybe you'd be like, hey, honey, would you resolve to pray with me for these things every day at this time? Would you resolve to, to like, whatever it is, do it, let's do it together. Can I get personal? Can I, can I show, can I tell you what this means to me right now? Because I, I, I try to practice what I preach. <laughs> I try to take it to heart and, and, and live it out. And I told somebody this last week, but like, as much as you might enjoy my sermons, I guarantee you the person who's getting the most out of these sermons is me. Um, it's just a thing, ever since I started preaching, it's kind of the thing that God has done. Like, whatever I'm preaching on is ex actually exactly what I need at that moment in time, almost without exception. For me right now, battling grief and the loss with my dad, which has exacerbated all sorts of other things in my life and all sorts of other insecurities and sin and that kind of thing, for me, I've resolved to be as honest as I can be in this period of time. And you guys have seen it. If I'm not doing well, I'll tell you I'm not doing well. And I can't tell you what that's done for me personally, like how much healing that's brought to my grief. Um, we just decided in the last couple weeks, like that I would, I'm actually going to go, I've resolved to go to counseling because life hurts right now. Um, and it's, it's hard for me to tell you that, but I want you to know that. But I think that's important to me. Um, I've resolved that prayer is a big part. So we've got people in our lives, Christy and I have people in our lives that we've decided on a weekly basis we're going to get together and just pray. Um, some people that I'm reaching out to um, that have agreed to pray with us and for me. Another thing that I've resolved to do, and again, I, I give this variety because what's it for you, right? This is it for me. One of the things for me is during this period where I'm kind of low, is I'm resolving not to make any decisions about myself or my God during this period of time. Because I think it would be dangerous to make a decision, like to, to decide this is how life is when it's really not. That's something I've resolved to do. Is just during this period, and, and honestly, like if, it, if some of you might take that and run with it. Some of you need to take this and run with it. Like you're, you're dealing with something personally in your life. Do yourself a favor, don't. Resolve not to make a decision about yourself or faith or God right now during this period. Maybe even write it down and say, I will think about this in six months or in a year, but I'm not going to do it right now. That's what it is for me. What's it for you? What's it for you? I hope right now your, your mind's just like, well, maybe this. Maybe you got one, two, three things. Write them down. Resolve to do them, and let's share those stories together of what the Lord does. Amen? We pray.